Good morning and a great day. New Beginnings Christian Center welcomes you. I am Minister Elijah Tiggs, and on behalf of Pastor Ronald A. Cooper, I welcome you graciously into this time that we are about to share together at the Lord's table. I have had this message on my heart for a while, and I am so pleased to be able to share it with you. And I hope that you are able to take this message and the action steps and think about it and carry it out with you through the rest of this week ahead. Before we get into today's message, I'd like to give an opportunity for worship. So if you would, please join me.
amen and amen. And glory to God. Thank you for being our champion as well as our father. And as being image bearers of our father, not only are we also champions, but he was a redemption factor. He is the redemption factor. And going in line as image bearers, we also have that same opportunity to not only be champions, but redemption factors. And that's what I wanna share with you this morning. Being a redemption factor. Now, I love a good movie and preferably one with a lot of action, but more important than the action, I also seek a stronger purpose or a deeper meaning in that movie. Now, what makes a good movie generally? Of course, you've got the central elements of a smart plot, character progression, a compelling script, and believable acting. But one deeper level, I think most would say in agreement, is that being able to see themselves in the story is a giant component of what makes a good movie. Most times when I see a movie, I'm looking for that purpose, that deeper meaning, and also specifically that redemption factor. What's a redemption factor? Well, an element that brings spiritual reconciliation is what I've defined as a redemption factor. To redeem being, to exchange for value reconciliation gives us a picture of restoring to a valued position. How do I find these factors and elements in life, let alone in movies? Well, I set that foundation, my expectation in God through his word. The greatest story that we have about a redemption factor is that God gave his only son to redeem all people from their sins and the wages due, which was death. John 3.16 reads, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. This is a world-changing sacrifice in action. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit displayed what being a redemption factor means. The redemption provides not only makeup for almost every story, but we can be assured that in this story, in this redemption, there is historical accuracy and that it doesn't stop on the pages, but it leads to us being included in this story. The best movies or books don't give this same empowerment directly but rather figuratively or by starting the conversation. Oftentimes after watching a movie with whoever I see it with, we'll talk through it and talk about how it makes us feel. But I've only found that through this life-giving collections of letters and stories, these scriptures in the Bible, that we become a part of an ongoing redeeming factor. The basis for 
this being our central point and and our correcting action. Second Timothy three sixteen through seventeen. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Many true stories told through entertainment can encourage us to make changes in our lives. And that correction I was talking about. Like treat others with kindness. Don't take family for granted. Don't hold on to grudges. And even to make sacrifices for others. But there isn't another truly comparable to God's examples given to us in the Bible through which we have an obligation to take action after hearing. James 1 and 22 reads, But be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves because we are certainly called to action compelled to making change after reading the scriptures because this this holy scripture is alive and once it transitions from the page to our hearts we could not possibly be the same afterwards The Bible gives us the greatest picture of redemption. And that's why after reading it, we then must become factors of it. We must become redemption factors. Starting in the Old Testament, Deuteronomy 9 and 26 reads, And I prayed to the Lord, O Lord God, do not destroy your people and your heritage, whom you have redeemed through your greatness, whom you have brought out of Egypt with a mighty hand? Here Moses is sharing with the children of Israel. He's praying on their behalf. They all escaped from Egypt. And he's gone before God on their behalf and for their sake. Because they were acting like they had just lost all of their sense. And yet they were still redeemed. They were still recognized as valuable image bearers because Moses stood in the gap and was a redemption factor. Moses led as a redemption factor, being a firm leader, but he was not exempt from needing redemption himself. He doubted his ability initially, finding fault in his speaking abilities and doubting himself often. How many can agree that we doubt ourselves? We doubt the abilities that we have. But God says, these are yours. I entrusted you with it. Go forth. We see Moses doubts in Exodus chapters three and four, where Moses shares the insecurities that he has as he speaks with God. We need to let God redeem the view that we have of ourselves. So we can go forth in our callings. I want to let you know that you should not let your circumstances, your insecurities, your faults hold you back from being the redemption factor for others. And I want to let you know with that, God will still use you.
onto the New Testament, Luke 1, 68. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited and redeemed his people. Now, what I want to pull you into here, we're in Luke and I want to give you the context of another redemption factor. And this redemption factor happens at the earliest possible moment that a person can affect change in other people's lives. And that's at conception. John the Baptist is who we're talking about. In Luke 1, we are introduced to Zachariah and Elizabeth, the parents of John the Baptist. Even while still developing in the mother's womb, we gain privileged access into the relationships that were re-energized due to the redemption factor in John the Baptist. Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, was a priest and while on duty, he experienced an encounter with an angel who told him that he and his wife would have a son and were to name him John, even though they were up in age. He didn't believe the angel. So the angel basically said, you can't say a thing until it comes to pass and made him a mute. Now, this same angel then visits Joseph and Mary and tells them they will be parents of Jesus Christ. And here's where the relationships begin to get re-energized. Mary and Elizabeth, Elizabeth are relatives. And when they meet up, Elizabeth being further along in her pregnancy, upon hearing Mary's voice, the child in Elizabeth's womb leaps and the Spirit of God falls on her. Then, after Elizabeth births her child and the other neighboring relatives and friends visit, these guests begin to ask what the name will be. To their surprise, Elizabeth says John. That's a surprise because traditionally, in their region and culture, a new child took on the name of a relative. There were no Johns in the family until now. The guests tried to get Zachariah's opinion, and he's still mute at this point as the angel placed on him. He writes, Zachariah writes, his name is John. And it is at this time that his voice came back to him and he gave forth a praise to God further declaring what the angel had spoken. The second re-energizing certainly happened in Zechariah's relationship with God. After that experience with the angel and having to stay mute and hold in, but still communicating with his wife because they agreed John would be the name. But he had been re-energized with his relationship with God because of the, the promise, because of the fruition that came to pass and them having a son. This is invigorating. This is an invigorating place to step out on God's direction, even when it's contrary to what's been done before. 
And the third re-energizing speaks to, speaks to the call on John's life by the angel. Luke 1, 13 through 17 reads, But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John, and you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great before the Lord, and he must not drink wine nor strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will go before him in spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready the Lord a people prepared. Where do we go from there? I want you to know that just as we stated before, the scriptures do not stop at the pages, but they go forward into our lives. So we must be the sequel. John 14, 12 reads, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do and greater works than these will he do because I am going to the Father. It is at this moment, the time is getting closer for Jesus to be crucified, so he is preparing his disciples for his departure. I believe that what was written by the disciples, especially when quoting Jesus, is for us as well. Going back to scriptures being God-breathed. This is for, it goes beyond the pages, it goes into our lives we get to be further included in the greatest story ever told. Not just saved through believing and confessing, but we are charged to carry the torch further. While we are not redeemers, that title is for God alone. We have a role to play that is to be a redemption factor, just as we are shown. So a couple of things I want you to remember at this point. Don't let yourself get in the way of the blessing God has for you and for others through you. What we need to garner from Moses' being a redemption factor is that when called to be a leader, we have to take hold of that responsibility wholeheartedly despite our shortcomings. People's lives depend on your faith in God, whether you know it or not. And the sooner you accept that you have purpose and are connected to the destinies of others, the sooner God gets the glory and that he can easily overcome those obstacles. Each person's individual story of redemption and being a redemption factor is uniquely beautiful. But it gets even better with each redemption. The next part, recognize what's been declared over you and walk in it. Also, names are critical is what we're getting to here. For Moses, his name means to draw out. For John, 
God is gracious. If you can, piece together their stories and their names. Can you see the connections? Not only are their forth, not only their forthcoming, but even to the extent of their legacies afterwards. A name can speak to your whole existence and purpose. Give a praise each time it's spoken and bring so much into manifestation. I firmly believe in the importance of naming with intent. And I encourage you all to study and internalize what your name means in conjunction with what God tells you about your name. Finally, these days are not just hours and minutes. These are the movies of our lives. And we have the opportunity to make a lasting impact on the lives of others when we commit to being redemption factors. At this time, I like to open prayer that this word seeks deep down in your heart to find out what you are really about. That with this word, you carry it through the week ahead and you declare that you are a redemption factor. Even as you're discovering it, you're discovering what your name means. You're discovering what all your insecurities and shortcomings are. And you're taking those shortcomings, giving them to God. You're taking your name and holding tight onto it, attached to what God says is for you. And that you walk out your purpose. Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time spent in your word. And we thank you that this is just the beginning. For we have the rest of this day ahead of us. If it be your will, the rest of this week. And we pray that we make the change now. That we see these things as they are. And recognize that you deserve the glory in every moment. Lord God, I pray for those that have yet to fall before you and claim that you are Lord and Savior of their lives. That they see that they are also a redemption factor. They are not excluded, but their power in being a redemption factor comes from being redeemed in Christ. Thank you, God, for this opportunity. Thank you, God, for this day. And thank you, God, that we can walk in your steps in your likeness as image bearers and carry out our stories uniquely designed by you for your glory, for the redemption and growth of your kingdom. The redemption of your people and the growth of your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you and thank you for being here today.